0: As always, July is the time where we do the mid-year recap. This year, the third most popular episode of It's Not Normal, It's Toxic is Chaos Creators. A few weeks ago, I started really expanding on the emotional abuse aspect, because when you're living in it, you don't always realize what's normal and what's not. Uh, We become very desensitized to the behavior of toxic people, and we started out with The unrealistic expectations is an example of emotional abuse. Isolation is an episode I did a couple of weeks ago, which is um, a tactic that toxic people use to keep you from your support system. So if you haven't listened to those two podcasts, go back and listen to those. And then I'm expanding on another thing that you may not notice about your relationship but I remember it very well. I don't think, well, I was in it. I realized what was happening, but if you have been or are in a toxic relationship, you may have noticed or have have been noticing that you have a very high speed life. It feels like everything is moving very fast. Now, I am a person who normally, not right now, but normally has a lot of energy. I have always always been that way. My parents put me in gymnastics when I was little because they didn't know what to do with all my energy. And I've always kind of been geared that way. But I didn't notice until I was in this relationship for years that my life was 100 miles an hour. And it wasn't just 100 miles an hour. It was 100% total chaos all the time. Your toxic personality causes chaos. They cause drama. They are very addicted to having things stirred up all the time. Nothing in that relationship ever felt calm. It never felt good. It never felt peaceful ever. I don't remember one time, even in, you know, in the times that you were supposed to feel relaxed, I never felt relaxed. There was always something coming down the pipes that required a change of plans, extra effort, an emergency situation, you know, putting fires out, solving problems. And me and my high energy level at the time could handle it. So I got very used to having this chaos around me all the time and always finishing one thing and looking for the next thing. But why did it have to be that way? Why did it always feel like my day-to-day life was an emergency? You know, toxic people, because of their addiction to chaos and drama, there is there is nothing going on. If there is nothing going on, they are going to cause something to go on. Why? Okay, this is my opinion, just like everything else that I talk about on the podcast. This is my opinion. But drama and chaos keeps others' attention on the toxic personality and the things that they need. Toxic people are not programmed to think about others. They're not programmed to think about the consequences. They're not programmed to think about others' feelings as long as their needs are being met. And when we talk about the four things that they need, control, power, attention, and admiration, in a chaotic environment, they feel all of those things. So they're going to continue to throw chaos your way. And we continue to avoid because of a fight or because of criticisms or because of disappointing them so we learn to adapt to chaos very quickly i remember being disappointed so much that disappointed really became a way of life so what are the what are some of the ways that they cause chaos and keep chaos going they will start arguments out of the blue for the sake of arguing. Okay, you've been loading the dishwasher this way for years, and all of a sudden, last Tuesday, there was an argument about how you were loading the dishwasher. Okay, arguments cause our attention to go to them. Arguments also always end in usually the toxic person, quote, winning the argument. When they win an argument, they feel power, which makes them feel secure. If in the argument, they can make you feel bad about yourself, they also feel power, which makes them feel secure. So when there's nothing going on, all of a sudden an argument will just start out of the blue. And you may feel like what they're arguing over is something really little. But the reason they cause those arguments is to cause chaos in your life. So your attention goes on them because now we have a fight. They also throw criticisms out of the blue. So you feel like you have to put more effort into whatever they're criticizing. Because when you put more effort into what they're criticizing, your attention's not on you. Your attention is on fixing whatever the criticism is. So I remember some of the criticisms, I just remember going, well, where did that come from? And I could never really trace it back to where it came from. But now understanding the fact that they always need chaos to be the center of attention. They're just making criticisms up so they have a reason to get your attention and to keep you on that treadmill of trying to do better and trying to prove your worth and trying to be accepted. They also make confusing and contradicting statements. Okay, I know that I got to a place where I realized that he was making confusing, contradictory statements. But where it was really unfair is with my girls, because it's very confusing for kids when it's okay to do something on Tuesday. And if they do the same thing on Friday, they're in trouble. It's very difficult for kids to grow up in an environment where there's contradictory statements because they're not sure what's okay. And they're not sure what's not okay. It's, it's very crazy making when these uh, contradicting statements start because we never know how to act. We never know what to expect. We never know, is it going to be okay today? Or are we going to be in trouble today? And, and some of the contradicting statements could be about their beliefs. One day they're, all about the church and we should be going to church. And a week later, you know, they're never going to church again because there's nothing but a bunch of hypocrites in there. So then it leads us to question what we're supposed to think because we don't want to fight with them. So which which statement are we going with today? And when you're always focusing on how do I think they're thinking today, our attention is on them. Toxic people have very drastic mood changes. And and these mood changes can be within minutes. I remember calling before I would leave work and everything seemed fine. Everything was calm. We would talk about what we were having for dinner, what had to be done at the ranch, whatever. And my drive home was 13 minutes. And I remember thinking, okay, things are good today. It's going to be a good night. And that 13 minutes, something happened. And by the time I got home, I got out of the car to a completely different personality. Outbursts will come out of nowhere. And this keeps the chaos going because it keeps your attention on them. It leaves us questioning what we did wrong. I remember thinking, okay, talk to him on the phone. All I did was drive home. What could I have possibly done on the way home that would have made him so angry? So then we're right back on that treadmill of trying to put fires out and trying to fix it. And where is your attention when you're doing that? Not on you. It's 100% on them. They are doing this on purpose. Drastic mood changes get everyone's attention on them. And think about think about it if you have kids. You know what your kids act like when there's all of a sudden a drastic mood change. They try to adapt too. Oh, they're in a good mood. Oh, no, they're in a bad mood. It's very, very unfair to the kids who are trying to, you know, learn and adapt and trust the parent. Toxic people are going to nitpick you and your life. Okay? There is nothing wrong with you. They nitpick to cause chaos. They nitpick your hair, what you wear, how you load the dishwasher, you know, uh, your parenting skills, your house cleaning skills. If it's a coworker type thing, they're going to nitpick your productivity. Uh, this was another thing that I felt so bad for my kids because kids are learning. You know, they should have a little leeway. But when the rules are so strict and the nitpicking is continual, it makes the kids very nervous. Makes makes them scared to be themselves. It makes them scared to try anything new because of fear of failure and criticism. So nitpicking, nitpicking is just their way of getting your attention. It doesn't mean that what they're saying is true. And, we, you know, I talk about this too. When they nitpick, they tend to change our personality a little bit because we don't then wear our hair the way we want to wear our hair. If they've nitpicked on our hair, We wear our hair the way we think they think we should wear our hair. And when you start doing that, you start questioning your own decisions. And we question our own decisions to avoid conflict and more chaos. Because what if we make the wrong decision? So the decisions that we make because of the nitpicking lead to toxic identity theft, which is another podcast episode. One of the things I, when I look back, I remember was changing plans last minute. We would have plans and 30 seconds before these plans were supposed to happen, new plans were laid out. I, I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but my former life was a Chinese fire drill. We never followed through with plans. It was always, oh, we're not doing that now, now we're doing this. Everything was an emergency. Promises were always broken because something in his life that he needed was of higher priority than any plans that the rest of us had. All of a sudden, something had to be done and it had to be done right this minute. And looking back, the stuff that had to be done right this minute wasn't an emergency at all. But the way the toxic personality portrays it It feels like we have to do this. We have to do it right now because this is an emergency. Everything was an immediate demand. And and looking back, that's literally all me and my kids did is we jumped through hoops because there was all these immediate demands. My kids didn't have a childhood. They had an absolute life of chaos. It was like we followed him around waiting for him to tell us what the next emergency was and what the next thing we had to solve was. There was never a normal day. I don't even know, I don't even know how we got everything done. But I remember things like not eating supper until 10 o'clock at night, until the last emergency or chaotic thing or change of plans was done. I I was never able to make plans ever if I made plans, they would always be overridden by an emergency chaotic situation that had to be handled. So that led to the isolation. Also, I couldn't make plans with my family and friends because I always knew there was going to be an emergency. And and I'm getting anxious even talking about this and, and thinking about the chaos that my kids grew up in. I don't remember my kids being little. My attention was always on the chaos that he was causing and the things and the lists and the stuff that needed to be done that I don't remember when my kids were little. I look back at some of the pictures and yeah, I have a memory because I have a picture, but I couldn't tell you certain things about my kids when they were little because my focus just was not there. I had to stay one step ahead of the chaos all the time. Toxic people are purposely unpredictable so that we have to stay alert to the changing road conditions, right? We don't know what to expect. We don't know what mood they're in. We don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. We don't know what we didn't get done. We don't, we're not really sure how we disappointed them. And this leads to that walking on eggshells feeling. Everything that's important to you will go on the back burner because of their unpredictability. I heard another podcast um, person say one time, the only thing that's predictable about a toxic person is that they're unpredictable, okay? They love being unpredictable because it keeps us on our toes. It keeps everybody's attention on them when they can be unpredictable. And then they'll throw on top of it that they're not unpredictable, that they did tell us about this situation, that we knew this was coming, which is kind of a form of gaslighting because the unpredictability is crazy making everything goes on the back burner when the chaos begins and when i you know when i think back about which i was just talking about this about my kids being little they they didn't get to be kids at all they would get up in the morning and wait for the chaos to start and they would get a list and we would start going one by one down this list of the stuff that was an emergency today Even with holidays or their birthdays, to make it look good, they would get gifts. They would get toys when they were little. But they were never allowed the time to play with their toys. It was pack them up, put them in your room, and let's go build fence. Because fence was an emergency on Christmas Day, right? Well, the way it was portrayed, it was an emergency. So even the things that we should have been enjoying were always shoved in a closet. They were always on the back burner because of the emergencies and the chaotic situations that we had to deal with. There was always fights. Some of the the things that I remember being chaotic is there was fights out of the blue. Like I felt like we fought all the time. And I remember wondering why we were having fight over such silly things. There was always, we were always buying something. We were always buying something new And it was always an unplanned spur of the moment. And oftentimes it wasn't in state. So then we're making a road trip to buy this new thing that we have to have, which we already have three of, but it seemed like an emergency. So everybody changes their plans to do whatever the toxic person needs. You know, building things, fixing things in the house. This could have been stuff that could have been calm and could have easily been done as a team effort, but instead... All of a sudden, Saturday morning, this is an emergency and it's fly to the hardware store and get all the stuff and start it and make mistakes and fly back to the hardware store. And then, you know, then then there's a fight because things aren't going well. That was the description of my entire former life. There was always things thrown into it like infidelity and girlfriends and disappearing and not answering phones and accusations. So when you are running this level of chaos, how are you supposed to concentrate on self-care? How are you supposed to concentrate on parenting? How are you supposed to concentrate on your work? My productivity at work went down significantly the more chaotic my life got. Yeah, I could do it, but was I doing it well? Not really because it was quick, hurry up, finish your work, because now there's all these emergencies that have to be taken care of when you get off work. Looking back, they're not emergencies. But you guys know what I'm talking about when you feel like something that isn't an emergency is an emergency because something bad is going to happen if we don't get this taken care of. The definition of chaos is complete disorder and confusion. That was my former life, complete disorder disorder and confusion, which was entirely the toxic person's goal. So I didn't have time to live my own life. I didn't have time to follow my own dreams. I didn't have time to be a good parent. I didn't have time to relax. I didn't have time to feel peace. I didn't have time to have friends because everything was an emergency. Living it in it became very normal to me. And when I finally left, and my girls will tell you the same thing, you get so used to living at this high level of running 100 miles an hour that when you finally find peace, it's very uncomfortable. It's hard to adjust to resting. It's hard to adjust to not being productive. It's hard to adjust to not feeling guilty that you should be doing something. You feel like something should be going on because when you are involved in a toxic relationship of any kind, there's always something going on. Think of the friends in your life that may not be healthy for you. There's always drama there, right? It's never a calm, everybody's getting along. It's the mean girls type of thing. There's always some type of drama because that keeps the whole friend groups focused on the toxic person. So when you remove yourself, you have to know you are going to go through a period that's very uncomfortable because you've been so conditioned to this hundred mile an hour emergency chaos that when you sit in quiet, you feel like there should be something going on. You will have to relearn that peace is okay. And and you all know and you've all heard no matter what where where you are in your journey, healing takes time. And, and you will have triggers for a long time. But when you identify the triggers, that's when you start working through them. But to this day, I cannot watch a movie without working. I almost always have my iPad on my lap and I'm in the support group or I'm making um, marketing things or I'm answering people's questions. I jump up and change the laundry on commercials or I'll jump up on a commercial and vacuum. I can multitask like nothing you have ever seen. Why? Because I spent 15 years being conditioned to chaos and feeling like I had to be productive all the time. For me to just sit, my husband has to put a romantic comedy on to know that I will put my iPad away and just sit. Now the last three weeks, I did a lot of laying around with not working. And the whole time I felt guilty because I was not being involved with you guys. And it's, it's yes, I have a lot of energy and yes, I am wired that way. But I am still having residual effects from always living in that chaos. So, you know, this last few weeks, my husband and I have had a lot of things happen. We've had funerals. We had to put... Um, a couple of our pets down. Um, we have three daughters that are trying to make it on their own, not all making the best decisions. Um, we ended up with COVID. We've got family um, families that are struggling, families in our family that are struggling. And so we had a lot of stuff. And I have to purposely slow myself down and handle one thing at a time. Because I have to remember, not any of these things, are emergency situations. But a trigger for me is when two or three things start piling up and I start getting that feeling of anxiousness because no, we have to get all these done. And they may not even be big things. It may be that I didn't vacuum and that I forgot to call a friend and they may be three little things. So I have to slow myself down enough to go, none of these are emergencies. The dust will still be on the floor tomorrow morning if I don't vacuum today, it's fine. My friend doesn't know I was calling anyway. So if I call her tomorrow, that's going to be okay. And I spend a lot of my time talking myself out of feeling like my life has to be chaotic. If you can make yourself slow down and make yourself realize, just because they say it's an emergency or make you feel like it's an emergency, most things are not emergencies. They just want us to think that they are So our 100% attention is on them and what they need.